often as I present these scriptures to us, I like to speak about God's mysterious secret wisdom. It's a special kind of knowledge and understanding that He will make known to you and me if we will truly love Him. He's got two conditions. If we will love Him and if we will seek after Him. Listen to these words. This is the way He tells us about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 6, We speak of wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the secret hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for His glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now in these next words that I'll read from Luke chapter 1, we're going to see those special mysteries of God unfolding right before our eyes in these Scripture verses. Secret wisdom that reveals this very special plan that God is carrying on forward. A plan to provide redemption and salvation to anyone and everyone who will turn their hearts to Him. But folks, as I mentioned a moment ago, to see and to hear and to understand these truths, you and I must be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to open up the eyes of our hearts. Listen to these words from Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and He will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give to Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. As I've said to you on other occasions. Most of us here today, having been brought up in this church or other churches like it, we know these words. We have heard them often and we know them well. But folks, that's just not so for most of the rest of the people of the earth. Most of the people on this earth have never heard 
these words that I just read to you before. And even for some of those who have heard those words, many of them still do not understand and do not accept them as they should. And why would that be so? Why can they not understand these words just as we do? It's because, as those words that I just read to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 2 a moment ago, they tell us it is only by the power of the Holy Spirit within us that you and I are able to accept and understand these precious truths. And while we might not understand exactly why God may do the things the way He does them, they are still all a part of His divine plan that He set into place before the foundations of the earth. Now thankfully for you and me, the Holy Spirit is in each of us who received Him as our Savior. And He's in this place today. And thanks be to God, He will make all of these precious words that I've just read clear to our hearts and our minds. Now these words in front of us today, they speak about a plan that God was putting into place, beginning with the simple and obscure birth of a little baby that very few people would even know about for the first many years of his life. But then that plan would suddenly blossom into a fullness that would spread throughout the whole earth. Now here we read about a very special angel, Gabriel. He was an angel who was so special that he stood in the presence of God continually. The same mysterious angel that had just in earlier days had spoken to Zacharias and had told him about how his wife Elizabeth would bear a son in her old age. A son who would be named John and who would grow to be a great prophet. A prophet who would prepare the way, making straight the path for the coming Savior. That same powerful angel was now standing before Mary, a young virgin. And there he told her that she was highly favored in God's sight and that she had been especially chosen by God to bear a child. We know also, by the way, from reading Psalms 139 and other places in the Scriptures, that at the very moment of Mary's own conception of her own self, that God had woven her together just as He weaves together every child within their mother's womb. And He was especially preparing her for this very moment that she was experiencing here. Preparing not only her body, but her mind, her soul, her spirit, her heart for this blessed task that God was calling her to. Now we can't know all the things that were going through Mary's mind as she listened to these words that this angel was saying to her. But we can imagine. Mary was a devout believer and had over her young life probably heard many sermons preached about the coming Messiah who would save her people from their sins. And though she would believe those stories, I can imagine that she at times doubted whether or not these scriptures would come true. Would there really be a Messiah who would come and save their people from their sins. Here, Gabriel, this very special messenger from God, he was bringing Mary the answer to most all the questions that she might have had. Gabriel was saying to her, Yes, Mary, there truly is a coming Messiah, a Savior. And you have been highly favored and chosen to be the one to bring Him 
into this world. Verse 31, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called, and will be called the Son of the Most High God. That day, that day, all the things that Mary had in the past probably only considered as possibilities, they began to become real, really real. And now this powerful angel was standing before her telling her that she had been especially chosen by God to bear this child. But he was telling her that this child was not going to be like any other child that she might have known. Not even like the special one who would be born to her relative Elizabeth. Now this son would be like no other that had ever been or ever would be born on the whole earth. This son would literally be the son of the Most High God. And this son would be the Savior of anyone and everyone who would put their faith and their trust in Him. But Mary was troubled. She was troubled as she heard these words. Troubled, I'm sure, for many reasons. The first being because she knew that she had never been with a man. And she knew the normal and the natural way of conceiving a child was through having intimate relations with a man. And she spoke those words to the angel. She said in verse 34, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel said back to Mary, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. Therefore, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now here in these words, God is making our understanding as plain and as simple as possible. Mary was a virgin. That was confirmed by her as she told the angel, I've never known a man. I've never had intimate relations with a man. And folks, God wants you and me and all who would desire to know the truth to fully understand, to fully accept, to fully embrace this very important truth that Mary was a virgin. She truly was a virgin. Why is it important for you and me to know that Mary was truly a virgin? It's because many people all through the ages and especially in today's culture have desired to reduce Jesus down to no more in stature than a mere man. They've denied and they've disputed the fact that Mary was a virgin. They only understand the natural way of human conception. And they insist that it is impossible to believe otherwise. But this angel summed up the truth in verse 37 when he said simply, For with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. Folks, Mary was truly a virgin. Some might ask, though, why is it even important that Mary be a virgin? Let me say to you in the strongest of terms that it is so very, very important. And for many reasons. The most important of which is this Son, the Holy One that would be born to Mary, would be the Son of God. His one and only begotten Son. And He would bear, listen, He would bear the bloodline of God Himself and not the bloodline of men. Men since the fall of Adam have carried and passed along a bloodline that bore a corrupted predisposition to sin, a sin nature, a bent towards sinning. And yes, women also have that same corrupt genetic predisposition. 
But apparently from the way that God went about this part of His plan, the sin nature of mankind could not be passed down solely through the blood of a woman. Jesus was coming to the earth for a very special and specific purpose. To be the sacrifice lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. And for him to be that sacrifice lamb of God, he would need to be perfect without spot, stain, wrinkle, or blemish. Perfect in every way. If Jesus were to be born with sin nature, one of his own, he would be imperfect and unable to be the substitute for our sins. He would even need a Savior himself. So Jesus needed to be born of a virgin, completely free of any sin nature. And He would be. He would be. Jesus would be the perfect Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice, the perfect substitute, the perfect propitiation, the perfect atonement for our sins. Our sins and the sins of all the world would be placed upon Him and then wiped completely away. 2 Corinthians 5. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Now let me pause here for a moment because I want to restate all that I've been saying because it is so important that we understand what God has done through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. Simply put, for Jesus to be able to be the perfect Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world, He Himself had to be pure and holy without spot, stain, wrinkle, or blemish. He could not have a nature like yours and mine that has this bent towards sinning. And so again, the answer to the question is yes. It was absolutely necessary that Mary be a virgin. And again, God wanted to make this point very plain to us because He knew that the world and the flesh and the devil would gather their forces together and dispute the possibility of it all. And under normal and natural circumstances, it truly is impossible to conceive a child without the involvement of man. It's impossible. But not so with God. God does not exist in this natural realm that we live in. His realm is the realm of the supernatural where wonderful and magnificent things take place, even more naturally than natural. With God, nothing is impossible. Folks, we're reminded in Hebrews chapter 11 that God simply had to speak. And the whole universe, the heavens and the earth were formed and created just by Him speaking them into existence. And He had only to take some grains of dust from the earth and form the body of Adam. And he had only to breathe into Adam's nostrils and Adam became a living soul. He had only to take a rib from the side of Adam to create Eve. So for God to enable a virgin to conceive a child was no great task at all. No great task at all. As Gabriel said to Mary in verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. 
The greater consideration here in these words is not merely that God is able to produce a child in a woman's womb. He did that with Elizabeth. And he has done that using natural conception for untold millions and millions and millions over the years. And it's not even that God was able to produce a child in the womb of a virgin. But rather, listen, the greater point for us to understand is exactly who, who God produced in this mother's womb. This baby would be God's own son. Described here as that holy one. This baby would be the son of the Most High God, divine in His very nature from that very first moment of conception. You and I can't understand the word divine very well. Yes, we can read definitions in a dictionary and we can hear theologians of our day give their opinions about its meaning, but our conception falls woefully short of what divine is all about. To be truly divine is to be on another level of being altogether, completely different from our own. To be truly divine demands an extent of purity and of holiness that men and angels can never attain to. Only God Himself, only God Himself in His three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, are are pure and holy and divine. And that was so for the Lord Jesus. Even from that very first moment in Mary's womb, Jesus was holy. He was set apart from all sin from the very first moment He was conceived. Again, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High God will overshadow you. Therefore also, the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Why are these points so important? There are so-called Christian denominations out there that believe that Jesus was born naturally but then He became holy later. Not so. Not so. On the authority of the words that I just read to you, it's not so. He was divine. He was without sin. He had no nature of, of mankind within Him. He had God's own nature within Him. That is why He is pure and holy and He can be called that Holy One, the Son of God. Now our task with the meager abilities of our own human minds is not necessarily to fully understand the miraculous things that these words speak about here. But rather, it is our task to simply by faith accept and believe it. And that was Mary's first task also. To by faith accept and believe all that she had been told. And then to surrender herself completely to that plan. And she did. Immediately. Immediately Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And that same task that Mary faced is before you and me today. Personally. And we need to ask ourselves, do we believe? Do you, do I truly believe that this young girl Mary was visited by an angel and that the Holy Spirit of God conceived in her the very Son of God, the one who would save us, save you, save me from our sins? And if you or I do not believe it, then how can we reach on past our unbelief? Remember how the folks in the Gospels would cry out, I believe, but help mine unbelief. You and I 
must believe. We have no choice in this matter. Our eternity depends upon our believing this miraculous truth that we are reading here today. These words that we read at the beginning of our message today about the secret wisdom of God, about all of His mysterious ways, they're being revealed to us here in these words. And the greatest of all the mysterious wisdom, secret wisdom, is the truth that is beginning to unfold called the gospel. The gospel. God wants you and me to believe it. And even more, He wants you and me to receive it. It's one thing to believe. Most people believe that Jesus was a person. But there's a difference. John chapter 1, He says you must believe, but you must also receive. And you must, you and I must receive His divine salvation into our souls. Because it is only through the gospel that you and I are saved. And you and I must be just as this young girl Mary and say back to God, Yes, Lord, I do believe. Be it unto me according to Your Word. Be it unto me according to Your Word. May we pray.